Let's get into the Word. Father, we thank you for this time with you and your Word. That your Word is alive, that your Word is profitable unto us for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that we, the people of God, may be continually and thoroughly furnished unto every good work. And Father, I thank you personally for giving me the tongue of the learned, that I may know how to speak a word in season to them that are weary, that my speech and my teaching and preaching is not with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but with demonstration and manifestation of the spirit and of power. Therefore, Lord, I commit to give you alone all the praise and the glory and the honor for what will take place this day. And all of God's wonderful people said, <laughs> amen. If you would open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. And we're going to continue our teaching on let yourself be. We're going to complete it today. I'm excited about this completion because this is about you and what God wants to do through you and then all, all, all of us as believers. You see, unless we allow ourselves to be who God has created us to be, we sang it in our songs earlier, that I am who God says I am and I believe it. Well, if you really believe it, you're going to act accordingly. But it's difficult to believe it if you don't know enough about it and why, how, how important it is. Because why? Life happens. Difficulties we face in our lives, in our families, in our jobs, in our broader community, and in this world. And it impacts us in various levels. If we're not careful, we tend to forget or don't think about who we really are. Because when we identify with God, identify with Christ in us as believers and followers of Christ, we begin to behave a lot differently with the world around, going on around us. It doesn't really matter much, to be quite honest, when you have God inside of you and you walk it out. Say, walk it out. And walk it out. So it says here <clears throat> in this passage here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We mentioned again last time when it says he is a new creature. In the original Greek, it says, let him be. Let him be a new creature. And that's the key piece I've been focusing in on. You see, we have to allow ourselves to be the person God has called us to be. You know, you can't rewrite your beginning, but you can write your ending today and begin to go forward in what God has called you to do. You, you're what you do, you decide to follow God and obey God and follow his word, and you begin to write your life and live the life that God has called you to live. It's not just nice fun and games. It's about God's purpose, my friend. We can enjoy this life, but we're about to accomplish God's purpose in the earth. And we're going to see and give you some biblical examples as we finish up today, how that, that's not always easy. We're going to see how there's challenges that will come our way to get us off track or not to move forward because we refuse, and I use the word, refuse to identify with God fully. We allow fear to dominate us. We allow circumstances to speak to us more loudly than what God's word has said to us. And that's how we allow these things to get in the way. And we refuse to see ourselves as God sees us. But I want to show you the outcome of what the good can happen when you decide to identify with Christ. Identify with our great and mighty God. And I'm going to show you some examples how you can do that. Because unless we do, my friend, we're excited about coming to church. We walk out these doors. We put up the computer and the laptop. 
And then guess what? Go out in the world, and too often we're defeated if we don't recognize and walk in the person God has created you to be. No matter what is happening around you, you have an answer. Say, I have an answer. <laughs> yes, you do. You have an answer. You can't, <coughs> excuse me, as long as there is a spark of desire in your heart, it is not too late. Yeah, it's not too late. Even if it needs to be kindled, just begin to see yourself as God sees you and not be afraid. That's what I was getting at earlier. See yourself as God sees you. Now, it's easier said than done, unfortunately. It's going to require some work on your part. You see, we have to unlearn what we thought about ourselves before. We have to begin to replace those words and those thoughts that come to our mind, how people, what people said to us, what our experience spoke to us. You're not accepted. Nobody wants you. You don't get picked. Yeah, that's speaking to us. But God's speaking to you too. And when we begin to embrace what God says about us, then that person on the inside, when you're born again, walks out and gets life with them inside of them. That's what we're talking about. Because the fight is, the war is, these ideas and these experiences and the words that are in our thinking. Yeah, we put words to our, to our experience. I can't get a job. We put words to our experience. I can't move up in the company. We put words to our experience. Nobody's hiring. Are you following me? But God has a different word for you. And when you begin to identify with him inside of you, it's easy to walk it out. It really isn't difficult. Please follow me. The people that the Bible was written to originally, most of them couldn't even read. They weren't educated like we are today. They didn't have all the translations in the Bible. No, they were basically agrarian culture people living off the ground, hardworking people. They weren't highly intelligent with all the knowledge we have today. And yet, God worked miracles through many of them. We have no excuse, but we have to choose and allow ourselves to be the person God has called us to be. Here's a passage in Philippians chapter 2. One of my favorite verses I learned as a young Christian. It really helped impact me because I began to see God working inside of me after I began to see this. Because at first I would hear ministers talk about God said this to me, the Lord said that to me. And I'm thinking, he's not talking to me. He's not working inside of me, but he was. But he was. I just didn't recognize it. It says here in Philippians 2.13, For it is God who works in you. Say, in me. Yes. It is God who works in you, two things, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So he's, he's working two things, both to give you the will, the desire, the want to. That's why you need to trust the desires God puts in your heart. Yes, yes, yes. The devil comes to try to steal your dreams. He wants you to give up, throw it away. No, God's working in you. So it's God working in you. That's the first thing. Secondly, both to do, give you the unction to step out. And that's often what the problem is. We have the desire. Well, I want to do this one day. I want to do that. But are you stepping out? Well, I tried that, but it didn't work. They wouldn't let me. They wouldn't let you or you wouldn't let yourself. Just something to think about. You see, God is at work in us, and it's important we recognize God is at work, and especially when he speaks to us through his word. 
Now, I'm sharing some scripture with you today. But as you study on your own, read it on your own, and God is speak to your heart about various things, he's working inside of you, my friend. And when you decide to believe that God's working inside of you and walk it out, that's when good things start happening. You embrace it and walk it out. Say, walk it out. That's <laughs> <I see> it. <laughs> if your identity is faulty or unstable, it will cause instability in your life and block what God has prepared for you. This is why I focus a lot on identity. See, the world talks a lot about identity, but they got their own different ideas. God's talking about identity in Christ, in him, <clears throat> that we align with what he says about us. Now, we reference some scriptures that you should read on your own. I'm going to highlight just a few of those in chapter 1 and chapter 2 of Ephesians, but then we'll move on. But I want you to study further on your own. There's a lot more, and not just in Ephesians, other parts of the New Testament where God talks about who you are. And also in the Old Testament, I'm the head and not the tail. Yes, yes. But notice what it says here. I am blessed. Say, I am blessed. I am chosen. Say, I'm chosen. <laughs> and I am holy. Say, I am holy. That can be a tough one. When you made, you know, all of us were in sin before we came to Christ. But sometimes we're very ashamed of what the life we lived. And I understand. But Jesus despised the shame, my friend. And so should you. When you're under the blood, say, I'm holy. And you got to be able to say that and accept that. Because there are certain areas of, of God would have you to move into, and you won't think, I'm good enough or I'm holy enough to do that. Now, if you're not living right, walking in sin, then you need to get that together, confess your sin, God forgives you, you move forward, and then you say, Lord, I'm holy, I'm clean, I'm walking it out. See, we have to let ourselves be and pursue the life and the purpose God has called us to be. And you know, it needs to be a good ride, even though it's going to be a tough ride at times. We're going to talk about that in a moment. But we are called world overcomers. <laughs> so, you know what? Get used to a good fight, Okay. I'm not saying I get cut up and all that. Speak the word. You cut the devil with the word, okay? <laughs> the sword of the spirit. So give, God says, put on the whole armor of God. We got to see it, my friend. We have to do battle. We have a helmet of salvation so we can think right. Have our shield of faith. Those darts are come against us to try to rob us of our faith. We got to make sure we have everything on. And guess what? There's nothing for our back parts. <laughs> you shouldn't be running from the devil. It's all for the front. And, and the sword is for the offense. Jesus always said, it is written, told the devil. It is written. That's why you got to know about who you are. I'm holy. Say, I'm holy. Another one. I am blameless. <laughs> I'm blameless. I am adopted. I love it. Adopted into the family of God. I am accepted. That's a big word, too. Sometimes I'm not accepted. People are trying to push people to accept them. And then sometimes they don't. Or they may let you into the club or the job, what have you, and they don't treat you like you're accepted. Well, they let you in, but you know, you know what? Then not it bothers you. But you gotta, can't be hating on them. They don't see what you, what, what you see. They don't see what God sees in you. And when God says you're accepted, then you act like you're accepted. You don't act like you're better than anybody else. You just act like who you are. Now, sometimes people think when you act like who you are in Christ, they think you're better than somebody else. That's their problem. Let it be their problem. 
You're a child of the king. Your father is your is father. God is your father. Let that settle it. Say, I will, I will. let myself be. Be the person God has called you to be. Full identity is not just believing in what you need from God, but believing in God himself, who he is and what he said he will accomplish through you. See, if you focus on what, you know, God give me this, God do that, God do that, but believe also in who he is that nothing's too hard for God. <laughs> I am God and there's none else beside me. That God we're talking about. When you start seeing him as that and believing that, and then what he said to you about what you, he's accomplished through you in your life, now you let yourself be now. But it's, it's, it's how we need to think and how we need to talk and how we need to act. Doesn't mean you won't get challenged. You will. And I'm going to show you how, an example, but if you, if you believe God through the challenge, you can overcome and experience a place of love and a place that you're happy and you're accomplishing God's purpose. Our na the name of our church is called Zoe. It's a Greek word. It means the God kind of life. I would have been happy if he would have said life. And he said have life more abundantly. But he said the God kind and have it more abundantly. That's the place God's leading us all into to walk in and experience at a greater level as we get age and move forward with God. But watch, let's, let's go forward. Go. Let's talk about Joshua. Moses, Joshua, and Caleb. Give you a little history. As you know, the children of Israel were in Egypt. They were slaves for 430 years. In fact, they got delivered and set free and walked free 430 years to the day. To the day. And I'm thinking, God, you know, you're something else. If he's that thoughtful, God, he's thinking about you're free to the day. If it was, a, it was a Monday, the first of the month, it was a Monday, the first of the month, 430 years later. I believe God was communicating to them, I'm on top of this. I know you didn't have the best life, but I'm not finished with you yet. <laughs> and I'm, I'm handling my business. That's the God we serve. But you let yourself be and walk with him, this God we're describing. That's where the challenge is sometimes. Now I understand. You fall off the wagon, get back on it and start moving forward. And so here God brought Israel out of Egypt and he went into the wilderness. Now think about it. 430 years they were slaves. They went into the wilderness. There's no paved streets. <laughs> There's no restaurants, no hotels. Come on. It's a wilderness. If you have wild animals, you know, hanging around, you know, no paved roads, come on. Everything they needed, they had to make it together by themselves. And these were slaves, told what to do. They weren't used to making decisions for their life. They were hard laborers, worked hard. They built pyramids. You're gonna, yeah, you're going to get this today. I want to get the understanding the kind of people, a motley group, Okay. But yet, guess what? If you have humble beginnings, God's not finished with you yet. If you believe who you are. Yeah. Doesn't matter where you came from. When you get in Christ, you have a new identity now. But sometimes it's difficult to accept it. 
So I began to think about it further. You know, I began to have mercy on them. You know, I'm kind of saying, well, you guys should, should have did better. Well, it was, their, it was their background. But it wasn't all of them that did not flow, go forward. We're going to show you that in a moment. And those that did, you'll see why. They let themselves be who God created them to be. Yeah. See, the let, the let is a key. You have to allow. See, in other words, you got to take personal responsibility. You can't blame it on what God, that wasn't planned for me. No, no, uh-uh, uh-uh. Not after this teaching. Mm-mm. And so what happened is that Moses, God told Moses to uh, send 12 spies and spy out the promised land. And he, he went from, of the 12 tribes, he picked out 11 of them because the Levites weren't going. They were taking care of the tabernacle. 11 of the tribes, and he, and he wanted all the men that were 20 years old or older who can be men at war. I mean, they're able to fight. So if they're too old or just too sick or they, had a, they couldn't see well or had a limp in their leg, they weren't going to be fit for war. Our country does that, especially when it comes down to war. You got to be fit for war. You got to be able to run fast and do push-ups and all kind of stuff and shoot a gun and fly an airplane, have good eyesight. You're fit for war. I'm touch you getting this. My friend, we got to be fit for war. We got to be fit for war. And we can become fit for war. The spiritual war we got to deal with if we see ourselves as God sees us. But in the natural, there were some that were not. And it turned out to be, of the tribes, it's 11 tribes, it was 603,550 people. That's a lot of folk. And these are men. And they, like, unlike some our country trying to do, women didn't go to war. <laughs> okay? Men went to war, to battle. And it's estimates that Overall, it was around over 2 million, about 2.4 or more million people came out of Egypt. But 603,550 of them were qualified to go to war. Please follow me. Now, these are men, they're ready for battle, they think. <laughs> Don't forget, they came out of slavery. Two years out of slavery, God says, choose these men and send, send 10 of them, 12 of them, and go spy out the land. One from every tribe, okay? They went out there checking things out. And it was exactly what God said. The grapes were big. They kind of carried, take a couple guys to carry the grapes. Then they saw some giants in the land. They saw strong fortresses. They saw a big city. They began to be intimidated. I want to, because they had difficult beginnings. And some of you have had difficult beginnings. I get it. But when God says, believe me, he expects you to believe him. And it's our, really, it's our choice. Think about it. See, it's not that they didn't have no history with God. Think about what God did. God took slaves out of Egypt. In fact, the Bible says they spoiled Egypt. They gave them all their jewels and their gold. You know what? You know, we're, being, we're being messed up. Get them, get, get, give them all their stuff. They went out wealthy. Yes, they did. And then they saw God protect them when they stood before the Red Sea. And God opened the sea. And they walked on dry land. And then Pharaoh's army came after them. And then they saw Pharaoh's army drown in the sea. That's a song in, in the book of Exodus, by the way. 
song you can be singing. I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously, the horse and rider have thrown into the sea. I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously, the horse and rider have thrown into the sea. The Lord my God, my strength, my song, for he's become my victory. And you know the song, many of you do. Now, they knew what God did. Because Moses taught them a song so they never forget it. So God expected them to believe them to take and conquer the enemy and walk in their promised land. <sighs> Challenge was they weren't fighters. They weren't used to fighting. I want to give you a, a realistic scenario. Even then, God expected them to believe him. I never went to college. I'm the first one in my family going to college. God expects you to do it. Put it in your heart. You can do this. Yeah. I'm the only one, the first one to start a business. I don't know nobody in my family. God put it in your heart. God expects that you can do it, even in a tough time. Don't go back and quit and drop out of school because it's hard. I want to minister to you. And God expects us to see ourselves what he sees inside of us and as Christians what he put inside of us. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. But it takes the word we've been talking about earlier because we start looking at the blame. I'm not good enough. I'm not chosen. I'm not holy. The devil start bringing those lies back to you. That's not who, not who you are. You once was that, but you're not that anymore. You got to talk to the devil. Talk to the hand, devil. Jesus spoke the word. It is written. What are you saying? Yeah to those thoughts that don't come from God. Because our future and the future of our family, and for some of us, what we do will impact generations yet to come. And if we don't obey God, it can set the generations behind us back 40 years or more. So much is up to us making decisions. That's for everybody, not just today. Those who came before us, and they didn't obey God, they're impacting the people who came behind them. Yes. I don't want that on my shoulders. I'm going to say, yes, God, I'll follow you. So then you go here to Numbers chapter 13. So they went and spied out the land, came back, and they shared. They said, you're right, God. You know, they get the positive first. <laughs> yeah, it is exactly what you said. Flowing with milk and honey. But we be not able, boss. I put the boss piece in there. <laughs> There's giants in the land. Yeah. There's giants. They got more money than we do. They're more educated. They have more experience. They speak the Queen's English better than I do. Uh-huh. I don't know their language. Uh-huh. Want another, another, another excuse? <sighs> yeah. And they said, we are not able. That's in 13th chapter of Numbers. Read that chapter on your own. I really want to encourage you. And also the 14th chapter. God was so upset. He was so upset, he told Moses, you know what? <laughs> These folks are going to die. And Moses interceded. Oh, that's why I love Moses. He interceded. And God said, no, I won't do that because of you. But for 40 years, those, and then he said this, Every one of those men who didn't believe him, 
Think about it. It's over 600,000 of them. Only two. Come on, my friend. Only two believed him. God. Now, that can be a challenge when, you have, when you're influenced by the crowd. Now, the crowd could be you and, five, and 15 others in an, office, in an office, right? They have over 600,000 probably were saying, no, or they didn't say nothing. Knowing human behavior, being around people, even in this church for 30 years and working in organizations, a lot of folks, they don't agree, but they don't say they don't agree. They won't say nothing. Probably some of those men were believing like Caleb and, 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 and Joshua, but they didn't want to speak up, given the crowd was saying, we're not able. Yes, they were ashamed. They were intimidated. And because they wouldn't speak up and stand on the side with God, Caleb and Joshua, they all, Caleb and Joshua, went in the wilderness for 40 years. There's another important piece. Caleb and Joshua had to suffer, if you would, 40 years. But they didn't lose the vision. <laughs> they didn't lose hope. I, this is what I was praying yesterday morning about this. I'm thinking, probably what Caleb and Joshua were doing, okay, you all to set us back for 40 years because you all got to die off. Yeah, you all don't believe God, you're just going to die a natural death, and we're going to wait 40 years for that to occur and get a new crop who's going to believe. Yeah. But I'm, I'm sure those other men, young men that came up, he said, oh, you turn 20, come on, I look at you, you, you fit for war, I'm putting you in my training program now. <laughs> another year, we got another 500, or 2,000 men, they fit for war, they turn 20, I'm training you right now. He wasn't idle for 40 years. He was preparing for war. For war what? To get what God gave me, the promised land. They left Egypt with no land. God has a place and a land for you. He has a land. God always talks land. Yes. Land is important to God. You need something that belongs to you. Yes, you do. It's God's way. Please follow me. So in Numbers chapter 13, and verse 30, it said, Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. I love his talking. He didn't have no New Testament. Come on. Where it says in 1 John 5 and 4, whatsoever is born of God overcome up the world, and this is the victory that overcome up the world, even our faith. But it was the spirit of overcoming was in him because he chose to believe God. As, a, as opposed to the giants they saw. Caleb saw the same giants, but he said, you know what? I know they're big. They got a big army, but you know what? My God got a history with me. Oh, come on. My God has a history with me, and I'm going to lean on his history, even though I'm not, I can't see how he's going to do it. I'm going to obey him. We're more than able. Say I'm more than able to overcome it. Yes. Verse 3. But the men who had gone up with him said, We be not able to go against the people, for they are stronger than we. Once you settle that in your mind and your heart, it's over. Once you say, they're stronger than me, I can't overcome that, you just doomed yourself. You won't let yourself. 
And the only thing that can change it is you. You put the roadblock up. Now you can change it by saying, I'm a, I am who God says I am. I have the mind of Christ. Need tutors? You're a single parent in this COVID situation? Got to teach your children and work on Zoom and so forth? Maybe work outside the house or the restaurant? It's hard. I get it. See God. Talk to your neighbors you haven't been talking to. They may be able to help you. Talk to the school. You got to find a way, my sister or my brother. There's a way to overcome. God did not leave you helpless. But you got to believe there's a way. Say there's a way. And verse 33. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, came from the giants, and we saw... And we were like grasshoppers in our sight, how they saw themselves. And so we were in their sight. I always say, people will see you as you see you. How do you see yourself? We saw ourselves as grasshoppers. Ribbit. Ribbit. Yeah, I'm trying to get to your attention. Yeah, 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 trying to get your attention. Yeah. And they saw them as grasshoppers. I can see them hiding now and around spying out the land. Who are those people? Yeah. Mm -hmm. All the men of war but two died in unfulfilled life, never entering their promised land because they did not identify with God. Over 600,000 of them did not tap in. And yet it was promised to them. So it's not enough that God give you a promise. We have to believe it, receive it, and this is the key phrase, identify with it. Because we sing a song, I believe it, but are you identifying with it, what he says about you? Or in other words, have you embraced it? Are you that person God says you are? Beloved, overcomer, accepted, forgiven, holy. You need to say that. If it's not saying it, it's not in your heart in abundance. But the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you say it every now and then, it just kind of falls out every now and then. Should be part of your habit. Read these scriptures in Ephesians and other ones in the New Testament and look them up. I tell you, my friend, God has a description for you and is not a weak person. It's an overcomer. may start off weak, but you're you, you strong now. That's why it says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. He's not asking you. That's a command. That's a command. So we got to lay aside every evil thought, those lying thoughts, and realize that's the devil lying to you, and say, nope, that's not me. And he starts talking about who you are in Christ. Let yourself be. Say, I will, I will. let myself be who God created me to be. This is so important now because the world is going through all these problems, and if we're not careful, we're hiding out too. Yeah, and we should bring in solutions, be an example. This, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm going to show you. It's not easy. But so what? What else is new? <laughs> what else is new? And so that set them back when they disobeyed God. 
And so they went for 40 years in the wilderness, and they could have been out of there within a few days, but they got confused. When you don't obey God, you live in confusion because you don't know who you are. Yeah. Look at Joshua chapter 1. So now finally, God, after 40 years is over with, Caleb is hanging out with Joshua. They got an army now prepared. And God says, let's go take the land now, fellas. That's why I said earlier that, that he was training all along because God didn't say, now train your boys. No, they were already trained. They were ready to go. <laughs> See, that's anticipation. Oh, God, come on. I'm saving money. What? I'm buying me a new house. Nobody in our family buys a house. I'm, I'm going to buy one. I'm saving my money now. <laughs> when the door opens, I'm buying my house. You're going to get this today. Yes. See, Joshua was preparing and training the soldiers for battle to take the promised land. Moses, my God speaking now. This is Joshua chapter 1, verse 2. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, speaking to Joshua, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all the people into the land that I am giving you, given to, given to them. God has already given it to them. To the people of Israel, verse 3, every place, say every place, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you. Wow. Just as I promised to Moses. See, this is important. God made a promise to Moses and for the people, but the promise was to Moses, and I'm, I'm going to stick with the promise for all the people with Moses. <laughs> Notice what it says. Every place. Say every place. Now, I've read that many times. I started thinking about it in this teaching, preparing for it, meditating on Scripture. I began to realize every place, every place, i got to go to a place. God's calling me to a different place. Maybe a different company. Maybe a different floor in the company. You're going to get this today. A different place. Maybe a different neighborhood, different school, a different place. A different house, a different place. Physical place he's talking about. And my friend, this God would have us walk into different physical places. And that can be intimidating. I don't know nobody here. So what? <laughs> Greater is he that's in you if he's leading you to go to a different place. Now, Jericho was the first city that Joshua conquered. I encourage you to read that further. It's powerful because God sent the praisers, people just kind of walk around and seven days, each day just don't say nothing. I can see him walk around now. People look at him, what's going on? Looking out their windows and over the, over the wall. That's those Israel. See, we know about them. We heard about what God can do in their lives. Wow. Wow. It's powerful. Now, the life God has given us requires us to walk into it, to walk into it, to choose what we want, <laughs> fight off opposition, and ultimately possess it. I'll say it again. The life God has given you and me requires us to walk it out, walk in, to walk into it. Say walk into it. To choose what we want when we get into that place. Yeah, 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 yeah. What neighborhood, what classes to take at that college? What major? And, we, and then we need to fight off opposition. We should expect this. It's going to happen sooner or later. Be ready. 
and ultimately find your spot and possess it. One final passage. In Joshua chapter 18, they finally conquered the land that God gave them. And then it says this. Now the whole congregation of the children of Israel assembled together in Shiloh. And he set up, he set up a, the tabernacle of meeting there. And the land was subdued before them. Before they got there, all the rest of the people, the, the army, the men of war, they kicked the enemy out, got the land, it's all clear. And he said, y'all, come on, come get, pick you out a house now, pick you out some land. It was subdued. Say subdued. It was conquered, in other words. But notice verse 2. But, there's always a but in the way sometimes. But there remain among the children of Israel seven tribes. That's more than half of them, y'all. Seven tribes which had not yet received their inheritance. Why didn't they go in that plot of land? Well, I see them over in the hills looking over at me. They may come back and get me. I don't know why, what the reason was, but they were timid. I share all this and point it out in Scripture, that's how the enemy stops us and slows us up. I got close, Bishop. I got close. No, you got more than close. It was done for you. You had a full scholarship and wouldn't go, go to that college because somebody said it's hard. Mm-hmm. In the last verse, and Joshua said to the children of Israel, how long will you neglect to go and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers has given you? I want to ask you this question, my friend. Choose the day which fight you want to be in. The fight to live an unfulfilled life or the fight to possess your promised land. That includes your family and everything God's called you to do. I want to minister to you right now to receive Jesus if you have not received him before or recommit your life to Christ. I made it very clear. God makes it very clear in Scripture. This walk of Christ is not a cakewalk. It's not always easy. There's fighting. Sometimes there's casualties. Sometimes there's setbacks. But you don't give up because of that because you continue trusting God and identify with him and let yourself be who God has created you to be. You'll live a life far beyond your wildest dreams. Yeah, beyond your wildest dreams. You know, people living in Israel today, and they're living in peace in their homes and doing business and knowing there's enemies all around them. You go to a restaurant in Israel, they got machine guns, men and women with machine guns walking outside the restaurant and chopping malls. Why? They're ready for war. But guess what? They believe they have God on their side and they are going to enjoy the dinner, enjoy the parties with the family, and live a wonderful life. Many of the people in Israel prosper. They're impacting the world. They're doing business and doing life in spite of the enemies all around them. Why? They believe they're children of God. When you start believing that, you start experiencing the same experience. Why? He's not a respectable person. You ready to receive Christ? Repeat after me. Dear Father God, I come to you just as I am. I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is now 
my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Father, for saving me. Thank you, Father, for saving my soul. Thank you, Father, for filling me with the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for adopting me into your royal family. In Jesus' name, amen. Now let that settle in. Let the Spirit of God minister to you, my friend. There's a healing anointing right now, and it's ministering to you right now to heal the broken heart, to heal the broken heart, to heal the mind that's been confused, believing the wrong thing about you. And as you continue to grow in the knowledge of God's Word, Jesus said it this way, if you continue in my Word, you should know the truth. And one truth you know is who you are in Christ. If you know the truth, the truth that you know makes you free. You start seeing this goes away. I start, this start happening in my life. All because you've chosen to believe about you what God sees in you. Yes. Receive right now, my friend. Receive what God has in store for you. Receive it. Receive it. And walk in it. I want to say thank you, my friend, for allowing me to minister to you and come into your home or your office or just however, however device you watch. I want to encourage you, take what was shared and what was written, read it again on your own, and even go deeper and allow yourself to be. It'll change your life. Those who want to get married, God put it in your heart, God will show you how to do it. He'll help you. And a lot of it has to do with us. A single woman, or a single man. It's, it's our attitude. Yeah. It's our attitude. How we see ourselves. Yeah. You start aligning more with God, things start happening, my friend. And you walk it out. The businesses, the job, the careers. Just walk it out, my friend. Have a wonderful day. And I love you.